Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. It's the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Send the tweets and the hot takes at Ken Carmen, C-A-R-M-A-N. We start things off with a couple of things. First, I want to thank Robin Lundberg. I want to thank... Sean Marash or Mraz from the DA show, and I want to thank Andy Gresh. I'm going to thank Andy Gresh at the end of the show again so I can make sure that he hears it because the last two weeks have just been awful with the eye surgeries and the whatnot, but thank God for those three guys because they are fabulous people. Thank God for guys like Shep. Thank God for guys like Tom Benedetto. Thank God for all of them making sure that everything is taken care of as we continue to go through the cycle, which is iWatch 2019. Uh, I do want to thank those guys personally. Seriously, wonderful people we have here at CBS Sports Radio, and it's great to be back here again. Um, second thing is, is that last night, I, I, I don't know, if you're a religious person, I think that it's a big, it, it's obviously a big deal, and, and you talk to it. If you're not, I think that you can still say that's a pretty cool thing, and the people who were affected by it certainly find ways to find closure, certainly find ways to find inspiration, certainly find things that even if you think it's a a line of coincidence, it's still something that is really, really beautiful, really, really cool what happened last night in Los Angeles with Tyler Skaggs and with his teammates and and how everything went the way that it did. You heard Mike Trout talking about it where it was such an ex- such an experience where today would have been his birthday. It's 13 runs, seven runs in the first inning, 7-13, a, a, a combined no-hitter, those type of things. It is it is a beautiful thing with sports and the guys leaving their jerseys up on the mound. It's an absolutely wonderful, wonderful thing to talk about. And again, if you are, if you are a religious person, it means a lot. Even if you're not a religious person, uh, it's something that I think we can still appreciate, if you think it's a coincidence, we can still appreciate the love that goes with it. And there were a couple of things that I, I saw last night as the game came to an end, and I was seeing a couple people. And there is a lot of inspiration that's drawn from it. There's a lot of beauty that's drawn from it. And it's the sad thing about it, but it's true that beauty can come from tragedy. Inspiration can come from tragedy. I don't want to create a straw man, certainly not out of a tragedy here, but there is a growing sentiment, and there and it might very well be needed. There is a growing sentiment as we are approaching two weeks after, and, and, and we, we start to try to close books on this and, and find ways to remember and move on, but, but obviously grieve and, and continue life and continue the game of baseball, where there are people who, who begin to wonder, well, okay, but what, what was the cause of death? What was the cause of death? What Guys, what is the cause? I don't think that that should affect any way that people grieve or any people honor Tyler Skaggs. If it, I'm not going to speculate on what it is. If it's natural causes, if it's any sort of relation to drugs or anything like that, I think that we look at this and we think, nobody else was harmed. This is a tragedy. This is a young man taken down in the zest of life 
at 27 years old. This is a very big deal to everybody involved, obviously. We're losing somebody who, who is one of the best to play the game because he is a professional baseball player. We're losing a person who had a lot to give back to the community. And as a young person, would still have a lot back to give to the community. I don't think that changes due to the circumstances of his passing. There are certain conversations once we find out, if we find out, there are certain conversations that may very well be important to have. However, it's disrespectful to speculate at this time for me. I won't speculate at this time. If we find out, there will be more comments to that. I do think, though, that given the time of grief, given the time of people trying to go through this, when you find beauty out of that moment, that moment should stand still. That moment should stand on its own. That moment should be memorialized forever. That's a big issue. That's what makes sports great. Because there are communities and there are friendships and there are families that become from those communities. 855-212-4CBS. We'll talk about it a little bit later on. Jared Diamond will join the show. Wall Street Journal Major League Baseball writer at Jared Diamond on Twitter will join us at 11 a.m. 8 Pacific here on CBS Sports Radio. You told me four months ago that I was nuts. And here we are. Back, I think it was April 8th. Tom might have to find the date, but I think it was April 8th. Woke up that morning and thought, you know, it just it, it, the, what he's getting, the, the nastiness of what he's getting, <sighs> I got to admit, it just it looks worse and worse every single time through. And Kevin Durant was gone, and we didn't know that Paul George was going to take off right then. There were a couple of rumblings out there, that's true, but we didn't necessarily know that that was going to happen right then and there. Now that we sit here... And Russell Westbrook has been traded. And before that, Paul George has been traded over this last week. We look at the difference in the careers with Russell Westbrook. And back in April, I was throttled. I hate to do champion's pose over a career, but I guess I got to do it. Because back in April, the stats are there. The type of play is there. I just don't know if the overall winning will ever be there. If you look at the stats, those extrapolate out to Hall of Fame numbers. And if you put out the stats to Russell Westbrook over the course of his career, those become Hall of Fame numbers. If I were to take the stats of a one Matt Stafford and end with 68,000 passing yards, which would look at him all time at fifth, taking eight more seasons where he's already played 10, and just if you want to use a sample size, take his two best seasons out of there and move it. Fifth all-time in passing yards would be at just over 67,000, I beg your pardon. Current touchdowns, he has 237. You put together eight more seasons, take away the two best, he'd be at 401 touchdowns passing. That'd be sixth all-time, probably seventh by the time it's all said and done with Ben Roethlisberger out there. Playoffs, Phillip Rivers has five wins in AFC title game. Matt Stafford still sitting at zero. Russell Westbrook has been to a finals. Has been to a finals with Kevin Durant. Has not been able to make much of a push. Has been an MVP, and we basically we give it to him as a consolation prize. He's changed the way we look at a triple-double. The problem is, because of his lack of postseason success on his own, a la we look at Matt Stafford in the same way, that it makes it start, the triple-doubles then start to look a little bit less and less impressive as time goes on. The same way we look at passing yards, and we're starting to see inflated passing yards, the Matt Stafford number, really that quotient used against other quarterbacks, and it's really now, 
What have you won? What have you done? How much have you led? Have you been able to win a lot of games with only 200 passing yards instead of 400 passing yards and a loss? What have you been able to do for your team? Whether that's fair or not, that's not the question. But if we look at Russell Westbrook, and four months ago, because we had fanboys involved, and now his name is mud to a lot of people because now Paul George is gone, and it just exacerbates the point of people not wanting to play with Russell Westbrook. Now all of a sudden we see the light. I'm sorry. Champion's pose must be done. Victory laps must be taken. And it bothers me to my core that it has to happen that way. Russell Westbrook goes on to the Houston Rockets. This will be, even though while I just ripped him apart and compared him to a guy who will put up Hall of Fame numbers, won't be a Hall of Famer, but will put up Hall of Fame numbers, Russell Westbrook will be a Hall of Famer and will put up Hall of Fame numbers through all that. While it sounds like ripping, this is a chance. This is a chance for Russell Westbrook. This is a golden opportunity. I don't know if I have faith in the Rockets. But this is his opportunity to right the ship and to right the wrongs and to change things that people have said about him now for the last four or five years. Change the narrative on Russell Westbrook's otherwise brilliant, and let me underline that, brilliant career where he makes a triple-double in everyday occurrence. You're playing the game with James Harden. You're playing the game for the Houston Rockets. You're playing the game for Daryl Morey, a guy who was supposed to be one of the prime architects of the way that we look at basketball analytics right now, the way that we look at the game right now, and a guy who has not won a championship or really only once might have sniffed it last year, but has not been able to bring it to fruition while other teams have been able to do it, while Golden State has gone off and run off with it. Now we see the, now we see the environment a bit different. Now we see the landscape a bit different. Where I still have very little faith in the Rockets, where I put the real contenders up there, Clippers, Lakers, Bucks, I think... Then you get to Denver, Portland, Utah, Philadelphia, Houston, Boston. You get a mix of there. That's a nice amount of teams that could possibly do it. But in the real big-time contenders, and you can argue, and I'll ask you to argue it here in a second, in the real big-time contenders, I put Clippers, Lakers, Bucks. I don't know if I put the Rockets there. And it's the typical stuff that people talk about. The iso ball, you can't share it. Who's going, to be able to, who's going to be able to take away from their own personal legacy to contribute to the game, to contribute to winning for the Houston Rockets? Who's going to be able to do that? Will Russell Westbrook be able to do it? Will James Harden be able to do it? Will they be able to light things up like they did before in Oklahoma City? You know, these are questions I can't answer just yet, but these are the ones that are asking. we are asking each other, and these are the ones that people wonder why they just don't take the Rockets seriously. Daryl Morey had to do it. You got James Harden, he's an ISO ball guy. The league might be going away, quote-unquote, from ISO ball guys, even though, boy, it certainly looked like Golden State was struggling without Kevin Durant, and that's certainly an ISO ball guy. Anthony Davis, they went out and got him for LeBron James. Whoo, we know he's an ISO ball guy. Kawhi Leonard threw a team on his back. Yes, he had plenty of help. I understand that, but they don't get there without Kawhi Leonard. Can be, not always, can be an ISO ball guy. This might be that move at desperation we've been talking about for Daryl Morey and the Rockets. And it seems to be off that blueprint of the type of basketball that he's wanted to play. But when I go through this list and look at the Clippers, the Lakers, the Bucks, I think Denver, I think Utah, I think Portland have passed you. 
you got to do something. Daryl Morey went out and did something. Now they can do something. You can go out, make a run, see what you can do, completely change the conversation about Russell Westbrook while you're doing it, completely change the conversation about the West while you're doing so, and you have yourself an opportunity. In Houston, which was a very bitter fan base during that time, during the NBA Finals, as the Toronto Raptors went out and beat the Golden State Warriors, very bitter during that time, has hope again. For Chris Paul, and I still believe this, and some people say, well, you're nuts, he's old. If you can find a way to get him to the Lakers to get away for LeBron to possibly revitalize him, that's about the last I see. Other than that, I think that's it and that's all. As far as competitive basketball is concerned, if you can get him to L.A. in some form or fashion, I don't know how you do such a thing like that. If you can get him to play with LeBron and try to put his usefulness back there as a point guard and keep him healthy, maybe you have a shot at one final run with Chris Paul. Other than that, basically I think the the Rockets traded Chris Paul to a casket for Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook still has some years. Chris Paul, this could very well be the end of of 100% top-end usefulness the way we've seen in the past. But I named those names right there. Clippers, Lakers, Bucks, Denver, Portland, Utah, the 76ers, Houston, Boston. All on that mix. You wanted parity, friends, you got it. You wanted people that, that played for different teams that gave it a shot, you got it. Golden State, I didn't even mention Golden State in that mix. You want to throw Golden State in there because of Steph? Clay will be back. Draymond, you go right on ahead and do it. 855-2124-CBS. You wanted it mixed up. Friend, it's mixed up now, and it's anybody's game. Three teams, I think, at the top, a host of other ones that could possibly be the one to take a run at it. So who's the team to beat now? 855-2124-CBS. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. Is there any bigger change from Michael Chiklis from the commish to the shield? Has anybody, like, that's almost like pro wrestling style, isn't it? I mean, Tom, seriously? I unfortunately haven't watched either, but I You didn't you. see either show? He was, he was the baddest-ass cop in the history of badass cops in the shield. And in the commish, like, they had some serious episodes every now and then. This is NYPD Blue. This isn't even The Shield, but still. Wait, is this? Yeah, I think it is. Uh, In the commish, he was like a nice guy. He was like a nice guy in the commish. 855-2124-CBS. Shep just trying to run the ones and twos. It's it's not going well. All right. Uh, Tom, first off, I got to ask you because it just ended, and then I want to get back to the NBA. With Wimbledon, Simona Halep, she's 27. That's right. and destroyed Ser- Serena. Serena's 37. There was a beating in an hour that was done. Are we seeing the changing of the guard? Uh, I don't know that I would go that strong. I mean, Halep's a good player. She's been around for a while. This is her first Wimbledon. I think she won the French before. I think she won the French last year. Um, I don't know that she's about to take over as the dominant player in women's tennis, but, but so she Serena's have a still- couple more years being in contention for every major. Well, it's got to happen at some point. She's 37 years old, Tom. Someone's got to take over. This oh, girl's totally. only 27. Right. She just sure won Wimbledon. Yeah, I'm not sure that Halep's the one. But eventually it's got to end really? for Serena. Yeah. 
And Serena had a pretty fortunate, like, good, I don't want to say easy draw in this tournament, but a favorable draw to get here. So I don't think she's quite done yet either, but it's kind of hard to tell from this one because she got smashed today. What about the 15-year-old? Is that just a lucky run or is that that the future? We'll see. I mean, tell me. I was incredibly impressed with her. I think she is strong. She has great form mentally on, like, and they talked a lot about this on the broadcast of, like, the way that she sets up her points and, they call it patterns, like the next level kind of nerdy tennis stuff. She's not there yet because she's 15 years old. Look at but this athletically, guy. yeah, I think she could do it. We got a real Bud Collins over here, don't we? Can I add to what D-Ben said for one second? No, 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 no. Let, no. Uh, let D-Ben, you do basketball. You let D-Ben have his, th- have his day here. <laughs> Bud Collins died two years ago. We need a new one, and it might be Tommy D. Shep loves tennis, too, in his defense. Well, I don't care. I, I love Tom. <laughs> No, I'm kidding. What do you want to say, Shep? Go I, ahead, I, I make this very quick. So let me let me break this down for you what you asked, Ken. You asked okay. if the changing of the guard is going to happen. It already happened. Serena Williams, her first 25 slams, she oh, was 21-4. and four. That's phenomenal. In her last seven, Ken, and D-Ben, 2-5. and five. I don't believe you. I think you're just hot taking it up to get things going here. Can I, we- if you think I'm going to sit here and have hot take tennis stuff, you think you're nuts, okay? <laughs> I know it's July 13th. That right. ain't going to happen. Not on this show, okay? Go ahead. Go no, ahead. I mean, Two and five. About the, passing, the changing of the guard, too, and I think you're, you're, you're hinting at somebody actually taking over for Serena as the dominant player in tennis, women's tennis, right? That's what you're saying? Yeah. So I, I agree yeah. with Shep that Serena's down a level, especially in finals. She's She can mow through tournaments, but she's not as good in finals now at this stage in her career. But it's not yeah. like there's a single other player who has taken the mantle from her at all. Oh, that's fact, scary. You got to have someone Barty at the top. is the number one ranked women's player in the world right now, and she's you know, basically young and unproven. Uh, that's not good. There was a Japanese like player, Naomi Osaka, who very briefly also surged to the top. But again, neither of these players are at the level of taking over as a dominant global tennis force. Because I'll just point it out. Tennis and soccer are the same to me. I'm more interested in the women than I am the men. Certainly with tennis. I'm way more interested. I don't, I don't, I'm not going to sit there and act like I watch tennis. I don't. I'm not going to sit there and act like I watch a lot of soccer. I respect both are very hard to play. It's not about a disrespect. I'm just more interested in the women than I am the men. Not about a disrespect. I just I tend to watch other sports. No, like Tom totally was yelling at me. I was watching the Xfinity race yesterday. I wasn't watching. I wasn't watching any tennis. I'm sorry. It's just I the totally way it get goes. It. the women's side on both of those sports are amazing. The one thing about men's tennis is that there's there this go. golden age that's just ending that I think is the best era of tennis ever, and it's it's like never ending. We still have. I mean, Federer is the best tennis player ever. He's still well, going. See, that's where it is. And he's got two great rivals. I mean, incredible. All-time great. They're like three of the six best players who ever lived. In a singular sport, and what, what this is about to be called here, take notes, Shep, is a segue. Because you're mentioning Federer. You're mentioning Djokovic. You're mentioning Nadal. There's Serena. These are household names, okay? Mm-hmm. These are at the top. And what makes it interesting is that you have a Goliath and that you have people who have a chance to beat that Goliath. People are watching today because you have Simona Halep. Taking, I hope I'm saying that right. Halep Halep is taking on Serena Halep. Williams. Serena Williams, I certainly know how to say her name. She's the biggest name in tennis, one of the biggest names in, in, in worldwide sports. What I'm looking at in the NBA now is I'm looking at a field where there are a possibility of 10 teams who you could call in and make an argument that they could win an NBA championship in the 2019-2020 season. When I wrote them down yesterday, Clippers, Lakers, Bucks, Denver, I the right now I I I put a 1% in there. I think Clippers, Lakers, Bucks are above everybody else. Denver, Portland, Utah, 
the 76ers, Houston, Boston, Golden State, no particular order out of the other seven. Out of the top three, Clippers, Lakers, Bucks. There's a rooting interest for the Clippers because they haven't been there before. There's a rooting interest because people love Kawhi, even though I know he just left Toronto. People love Kawhi. They love that he brought Paul George with him. I think that people are starting to get a little bit tiresome of LeBron, a little bit tiresome of the Lakers. They don't like that the Lakers didn't do it the right way, which part of me, I love that because the Lakers, the rules shouldn't apply to the L.A. Lakers about things. They're supposed to be one of the most storied franchises in the world and in history of professional sports, and they finally started to act like it. The Bucks are a feel-good story. Everybody loved Giannis, and a lot of people want Giannis to stay there, except for what it seems to be NBA writers. They don't seem to want Giannis to stay in, in, in Milwaukee, but everybody else seems to want him to stay in Milwaukee. Then you have this, this list of, of really good stories and teams that have been put together the right way. Now, there's a couple of things that you go away from it. Denver, well-run, put together meticulously, Drafting well, working well. Portland, you get Dame Lillard to stay there. The small backcourt works. Good draw in the postseason this last year. I don't care what anybody says about their drawing them getting to the Western Conference. A legitimate good basketball team that did have to take on a lot in the Western Conference semis emotionally before they got to the finals, and I think that really affected them as they got ready for the Golden State Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. Utah, a fun team to watch. The 76ers are a team to keep an eye on because it's a team that is big, will mix it up, and they get no respect. We question Ben Simmons every single time he touches touches the ball. Joel Embiid is questioned. Their ownership is always questioned. The way that they went about putting this team together is questioned. Every single time we talk about the 76ers, I think they're the most disrespected team in the NBA. You throw Boston into that mix... You throw Houston into this mix where I think they're taking one final stab at what they have. This is Daryl Morey with no more cards left to play. That they're going to do everything they possibly can to get one over. And you have to get two of the biggest ball hogs in the league. Sorry, it's true. you got to get two of the biggest ball hogs in the league to play with each other. And then there's still Golden State. You wanted parity in the league. There were so many people who would call up, Ken, you talk about the NBA. I'm sick and tired of talking about the NBA. We all know Golden State's going to win. Well, now it's open. Are you going to be that much more interested now because it's open? Because we have players who are going across the country from team to team, and they're only staying for a short amount of time. I'm told that's a problem, but you also have the parity that you claim you've wanted this entire time. Even though when I'm talking about tennis, which I obviously never do, I got more people paying attention to what's going on when I see Serena Williams up there. I'm dropping what I do just to check in on Serena Williams. I'm doing the same thing with Nadal. I do the same thing when Alabama plays. I do the same thing when any sort of Titan plays in what they do. Now there's no boogeyman right now with Golden State. And you have 10 teams that could possibly go for it. Are you going to be that much more interested and who is the team to beat now? 855-2124-CBS. That and up next, ladies and gentlemen, it's the first ever and probably at last trash piece. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. 
4227. It's brought to you by Geico. That's CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line. And by the way, there's great news. There's a quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to Geico.com. And in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. Coming up in less than 20 minutes, we got Jared Diamond joining us also. 2 Eastern, 11 Pacific today. CBS Sports Network on the court with a summer's hottest hoops league. Don't miss basketball's biggest legends, all-stars, and champions with the big three on the 24-hour home of CBS Sports, CBS Sports Network. Jared Diamond again, 11 o'clock Eastern, 8 Pacific, and 120 Eastern, 1020 Pacific. Sean Pendergast is going to join us. The Cablin Asian is going to be joining us. Sports Radio 610 in Houston. Hopefully he won't get mad at me and he actually will come on. I hope I'm allowed to say that nickname for him. I hope I'm allowed. I love Sean. He's coming on. We'll talk Rockets with him. We'll talk Texans with him. Everything that's going on with those two organizations. Because right now, there's a lot going on in Houston. The Astros could possibly compete for another World Series. You have the Rockets who are trying to dump everything they can to make sure that they can try to maximize every chance that they have to win a World Championship. And the Texans are going to try to go at it without a general manager. With... With really one of the preeminent young quarterbacks in the NFL, with the humanitarian in the NFL, and one of the great defensive linemen of all time, defensive ends, outside linebackers of all time, they're going to try to make a go at it with it without a general manager, trying to do it by committee. Which, when you were talking about the name Ray Farmer personally, I got to tell you, and I shouldn't say personally because personally he is a good guy. Maybe going by committee isn't such a bad thing when you really were throwing those names out there. I just have to point that out. 855-2124-CBS. Now, in a couple of moments, we'll tell you about the trash beats. However, when I look at these teams, when the real contenders, I put the Clippers as a real contender, I put the Lakers, I put the Bucks, And already, people are getting in on Twitter going, man, I, I thought I was done. I didn't like it. And now, got to say I'm in. Dan Pritchard. Ken, to be honest, I, was, I wasn't, I was quote-unquote, more interested until this most recent trade. I'm very interested now. It'll be mesmerizing to see how Westbrook and Harden coexist in Houston. I'm a Hawks fan, but I personally think Houston has a great shot at winning it all now. That's that's exactly the move they go for. This is Daryl Morey throwing everything out the window, going for forgetting the analytics part of it, even though there's something that's going to mix into it, but they got to get that thing to get all together and get that mixed together. But this is Daryl Morey throwing caution to the wind, saying we got to we we got to maximize what we have. We only have so much time with James Harden, and really, honestly, Daryl Morey only has so much time with the Rockets. You are seeing his blueprint being used and basically against him, and teams are moving past. And I have three teams here that I consider the real, true contenders: Clippers, Lakers, Bucks, and then there's a mix of the other teams. Denver, I think, is a good story. I put them in the same category with Utah. I think a lot of people like to say it's like a cool thing to say that you watch those two teams. They're very selfless how they play basketball. It's like a basketball fan's favorite type of team. Portland, I throw in that in that mix. Dame Lillard is a lot of people's favorite player. Plays tough, great personality, great guy for that Portland market, great guy for that fan base. Staying there long-term, at least signing a long-term contract. I know we can't always guarantee it because of the way guys force their way out now, but seems like he's in it for the long haul. It's something that a lot of Portland Trailblazers fans can really sink their teeth into. And it's a really nice thing for a lot of NBA fans who don't like the movement that goes on. I think they have a chance. The 76ers might be the most underrated team in the NBA. They might be the most disrespected team in the NBA. 
They're young, they're brash, they don't have the experience yet, they're trying to gain the experience during the time, that is going to thicken up their skin, give them calluses that are going to get them further along in the postseason. They're still trying to find that. Ben Simmons still needs to mature. Joel Embiid still needs to mature. They have a lot of guys that are just young. And anytime you turn around, when we talk about teams that are threats in the East, the Bucs have been mentioned, and Boston was a team that a lot of people thought odds-on favorite to get to the NBA Finals this year. Now it looked different after Kyrie left. Now it looks different after all these guys get jettisoned. You bring in Kemba Walker. I think that he's perfect for that market. I'll throw Boston into the mix. I'll throw Toronto still into the mix just because they're a defending champion and there's respect there, but that's probably a little bit too flimsy on my part. But the 76ers seem to be a team that is as disrespected and underrated as you can find. And I think a lot of that just has to do with their youth. And then there's the insane argument that's going to be made putting Golden State back where it's in where they have an insane road that they have to go down. You have to figure out what's going to be the right mix with Steph Curry because you can't let him get hurt before the, before the end of the season. You have Klay Thompson who's going to be fighting like crazy to come back. You have to measure what is going to be right, what's going to be wrong, and how to be patient with bringing him back. And then, of course, you're going to have Draymond Green in the conversation that's going to have there. It's still a well-coached team with great players. There's no doubt. But can you answer that bell anymore, or have you been surpassed by guys moving around in the NBA? And in the overall interest of it, you know, with Kawhi going last week, ending up with the Clippers because it's not the Lakers, it's not the Knicks, it's not one of the the pre, the, the the big time markets like that. Even though, yeah, it's in LA, but it's it's the Clippers. It's like the Mets of basketball. People think a little bit different, and I think that brings a lot of interest back. You might be a little bit worried because your own team might be losing guys. If you're in a flyover state, you might be worried about that. But I think it brings a lot of interest back there. Trace in Virginia, you're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead. I was actually going to touch on something that you were just talking about is the interest that's drawn to or from a team when, you know, this, this buddy system that's happening in Houston. You bring Westbrook in. Now OKC fans, do they go with Westbrook? Because they like him, do they stay with OKC? Um, well, if you're an OKC, that's a really great question, Trace. Because I want to bring that up later on. Because I- I'll tell you this: I live in Northeast Ohio. All right, stay with me here for a second. I'm walking around. Where, where, this is my wife. She's thinking about moving. I'm, I'm searching some houses around here. Now, if you're from here, you are a Browns fan and you are an Indians fan, and there's no question about it. There before Baker Mayfield got here, there might have been some Steelers fans in there, but the children have changed. But I'm looking at some of the houses, and in some of the kids' rooms, it's Steph Curry stuff. And right. then we went through an open house, and it's Kyrie Irving Boston stuff. And I go, you don't get this. A kid's a Browns fan and an Indians fan. And I go, I wonder if this is kind of the way it is in maybe Oklahoma, or maybe the way this is in Detroit, maybe the way this is in, in if Giannis leaves in Milwaukee, where a kid is... I couldn't find any Cavs stuff, but I could sure as hell find some Kyrie stuff. Couldn't find any LeBron stuff. Could sure as hell find some Steph Curry stuff. And Trace, you mentioned that. I I think that that's a big thing that they need to take care of because I I don't know how you feel. Are you more of a fan of players or are you more of a fan of teams? Because I think a lot of people are motivated towards going towards players instead of the teams. I've always been kind of traditional because in my generation now, I'm mid-30s now, um... 
I was a product of, of TV. You know, the Cubs had their WGN deal, so I watched them all the time. Um, I'm a military kid, so I didn't have that hometown team. Yeah. But now that I live in Virginia, it is Redskins, Capitals. Um, you have some Steelers and uh, some Baltimore that it, that's trickled in. But everything around here is, is Washington-based. And that generation grew up being, you know, with that hometown. I think the next generation, my kids, they're going to have the LeBrons, Kawhis, uh, you know, Ovechkin, or whoever that hot name is at Mm -hmm. the time, and they're going to travel with it. Now that you can have every game on television or being played on your television or your phone, I think you're going to see that next generation making that jump to following a player and not being so mad about, all right, well, he was with the Cavs, now he's with Miami, now he's yeah. back in the Cavs, and he's Trace, out in L.A. And, and that's, that, I, you have to have so, – how old are you? How old are you? 34. 34. Okay, we're right in the same bracket. And, and Trace, thank you very much for the call, friend. When I was a kid, when Trace and I were kids, we're roughly the same age, I loved Michael Jordan. I was a Cavs fan. Like, I grew up a Cavs fan. It's it's Mark Price. It's Brad Doherty. Later on, it was Andre Miller. Uh, it was Zadrunas Ogalskis. I loved Michael. I loved Shaq. I had jerseys. I had posters. I also watched the Cavs. When I was a kid, when we played Home Run Derby, when we were playing Bing Bong Derby, it was, I want to be Frank Thomas. I want to be Ken Griffey Jr. I want to be Mark McGuire. I want to be those guys. You also like Jim Tomey. You also like Omar Vizquel. You also like Kenny Lofton. You were an Indians fan. Like, you had favorite players and guys you liked everywhere. You didn't just take everything you had and throw it in their lot. I wonder, and it, it, it really concerns me, if we go from a generation where that was commonplace, where it's okay to have a player you really like, but you were a fan of your hometown team, to I'm just a fan of that player. Because I swear to God, and I'll bring this up later on in the show again, I'm walking through an open house last week, and you walk through the bedrooms, you go, okay, this is where my first son will live. If we got it, this is where he will live, you know, whatever. And I go in the one room, it's where the little boy is. There is no Cavalier stuff to be found. There's no LeBron James stuff to be found. Plenty of Kyrie Irving with Boston. Plenty of number 11, which will end up being whatever his number is in Brooklyn. 855-2124-CBS. That should be a concerning thing to the NBA. And I know that Adam Silver says it. I don't know whether or not he actually means it or if it's just lip service to guys like Trace. I got to bring in Tom. Are we almost ready for the nominations, my friend? We sure are. Because the ESPN does the ESPYs. I figured if we're going to hack it up because it is the hack time of year to do so, I figured we'd do the trash piece. Are we ready for this, Tom? Go ahead and hit the music. Folks, we welcome you to the dead time of the year. The worst time of the year where things are always bigger than what they really need to be because we're sports talk radio show hosts and we need to get through four hours at a time. So we get up there on our soapbox and we rip up and down over issues that really do not matter. And with all this, something that does matter, something that picks through the garbage, the first and probably last, the trash piece. First up, the category. Now, we'll be p- tweeting this out from where? You putting this out on CBS Sports Talk Radio there, uh, uh, Tom? You putting it on CBS Sports Radio on Twitter? Yes, I will. Follow up All right. that. Yes. 
Our first category that you can vote for for the final three hours of the show. Most annoying athlete or sports personality. The nominees are LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Antonio Brown. Most annoying. LeBron, KD, Kyrie, Antonio Brown. Our next category, worst owner. James Dolan, Derek Jeter, Dan Snyder, Michael Bidwell, or Jeannie Buss. Worst executive. The nominees. Brody Van Wagenen. I always have problems saying his name. Dave Gettleman. Steve Keim. Sam Presti. Worst overall team. The Baltimore Orioles. The Phoenix Suns. The New York Knicks. Or the Oakland slash soon-to-be Las Vegas Raiders. People who need to retire the most. I cannot believe you did this, Tom. Here we go. The nominees are Eli Manning, Vince Carter, Chris Paul, and Tom Brady. I know what's going to happen on that one, but I got to wait until the end. Here we go. Worst pro sport. Your nominees. Major League Baseball, NBA, NFL, NHL. They will be out CBS Sports Radio on Twitter. Vote for the next three hours. I'll be retweeting. The winners will be announced at the end of the show. Tom, you know what's going to happen, don't you? You know what? I'm kind of curious. You know when when we get to needs to retire, Boston's going to pick up on Tom Brady, and we are going to catch hell. Well, luckily for us, you want him to live and play forever, so you're the perfect guy to handle that. But they don't know that. They don't know that. And I'll, re- I'll beg them, and they still won't care just because I put Tom Brady on there because they are a very defensive lot, Boston sports fans are. Coming up next, Jared Diamond. We talk baseball with him and also at 1120 Eastern. Yeah, you bet your ass the baseball's doctored. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.